Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to The Playlist Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. For this episode, I have another interview for you fine folks as I get to talk to directing duo Bert and Birdie, who are promoting their most recent work on Marvel Studios' Hawkeye. For those unaware, Hawkeye is the new Disney Plus series featuring the title character played by Jeremy Renner, who's finally getting the spotlight for his own project after sticking around in the MCU for about a decade now. Previously, I spoke to Reese Thomas, who directs episodes one, two, and six of the series, but crammed in the between those episodes are new ones from Bert and Birdie, who worked on three, four, and five. In the interview, we talk about how the duo got the Marvel Studios gig and why Hawkeye is the project they resonated with the most. They also talk about episode three, titled Echoes, which sees the introduction of Maya Lopez, aka Echo, played by newcomer Alakwa Cox. And finally, Bert and Birdie tease what they have coming up next, which includes the new Taika Watiti produced series, Our Flag Means Death, which is expected to hit HBO Max in early 2022. But before I get to the interview, I got to tell you the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, The Discourse, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your favorite shows. So without further ado, here's my interview with Hawkeye directors, Bert and Birdie. Enjoy. Recently, I spoke with Reese Thomas about Hawkeye and he gave me his story on how he uh, went from like SNL and comedies to, to directing Hawkeye. So I'm curious, you guys are probably best known for Troop Zero. So how did you guys get on Marvel's radar? Well, we've, we, we're, we're Marvel fans and we always wanted to, to go and speak to them. And we went in on a general meeting with Trin Tran and, uh, you know, we were interested to hear about what they had coming up. And she mentioned Hawkeye and she mentioned the introduction of Kate Bishop. And we were in, not only because they're human heroes and we, we definitely lean towards human stories, but the fact that they were introducing a, a female superhero was, who was so highly skilled. Um, we just, we knew we had to be part of it. Um, and they were quite far down the, the pitching process already with directors. And, and we basically said, look, we'll do anything, just let us pitch on it. And, and she did. I think she liked our passion. Um, and thank goodness she did, because it's been such an incredible experience. So another interesting aspect of this Hawkeye gig, which I think is something that's new for you guys. Well, maybe not new. You've worked in TV before, but you guys are coming in halfway through the series um, and starting it and telling these middle chapters. Um, what is that like coming into not only a big Marvel project, but coming in halfway? Well, it doesn't feel halfway because we're there for prep. And so we're all, and the team's so collaborative that we all felt that we were crafting the tone of this and the world of this together. And I think for us, you know, episodes three, four, and five really do feel like their own little arc. And you'll see this by the end of them. Do you just want to tell me what happens? Yes, we're about to okay. tell you. Wait for it. Damn it. Um... And, you know, we read three and we're like, we 
we want to do this one. This is, this is the one for us. And so it starts, you know, very big on action um, and adventure and, and relationship. And then it kind of moves into the, the tone which we love about Hawkeye, which is this, this banter between our two heroes. Um, and and it, it, it's quieter in many ways, but um, that, that stuff's really exciting for us as well, where you find this tone between human stories and relationships and this comedy born of their, where their characters intersect. Yeah. So when I spoke with Reese, he explained that like on some days, many days, you were both on set, you guys and and him working, you know, switching crews and all that. So what was that like? Because that that has to be pretty new for for you guys. Um, I mean, it's it's I think it's pretty hard for both directors just because you have so much respect for the other team and you you don't want to run over and you don't want to take away from their time. Um, and it worked both ways where either we'd start and they'd end or um, and it wasn't it wasn't that often. Um, but you know, you do it when you have to, um, and, and, you know, you try not to do it a, a too much and, and we didn't, what, what was unusual about this is we would, we would shoot some days and then they would shoot the other days, um, which is kind of, usually you'd come in and, and do your isolated episodes and leave, but this kind of interacted all the way through. So that was kind of a new learning experience for us and, and great actually, cause you're, shooting prepping writing creating over over the whole of the the series rather than coming in for two months and then leaving so so I think we really enjoyed that kind of level of immersion into this universe and that level of collaboration yeah and and also one of the things that I've I've spoken with other uh directors of the Marvel TV projects and they said it's much more uh, like a film, like Marvel Studios treats these like like films. Um, but still, you guys, I, I believe Hawkeye is the first one where the directing duties have been split. So uh, was that kind of the juxtaposition you're talking about of of this idea of working like a film out of order, out of sequence, and also with, uh, you know, another person behind the camera as well? Yeah, it still felt like, it, it felt like movie level of of everything, the kind of the scale and the scope. And and it was, you know, Reese is, is amazing. And we've had like a really great working relationship with him and with Trin and Kevin. So again, like when, it, when it's all working like that, it just feels like we're all excited to collaborate and make this six hour feature film together. That's what it feels like. Yeah. So let's let's talk about this episode because we've only seen one of your three. Um, and, and I don't believe you're going to give me spoilers, even though you teased it. So let's let's talk about echo because well the the title of the episode is echoes uh even though she's not called echo she's just referred to as maya that's the introduction of the character echo in the marvel cinematic universe now was that something that made that episode feel extra special for you guys as a chance to to fully introduce this brand new character you mentioned kate bishop but you know she's in previous episodes but this is you know our first real introduction to maya it absolutely is and and to introduce her as a very dynamic human character like to to give her that human past before then throwing her into she's essentially leading this gang you know so so it's it's giving her dimension beyond which perhaps they ordinarily narrowly would and, and marvel's very good at that so you know you have your characters who are considered evil but they're they're complex and multi-layered and you have your characters that are considered good clint barton's um a, a great example of that but he's done bad stuff and so what it what it does to the show overall is it makes it makes it a very human story. 
like we can relate to all of them on some level. Um, and then, and then, you know, the other incredible thing about um, finding Maya and the journey that we went on with Marvel um, was finding an actress who is Native American and is deaf. And, you know, finding Alakwa was just such an incredible journey and, and coup actually for them because she's unbelievable. Um, and, and I think that I think a lot of Alakwa comes through in her character of Maya. Yeah, Reese mentioned that. He mentioned the, uh, the, I guess the Zoom or whatever, where where she found out about getting cast, and it was it was this. I, he said it was kind of uh, a new experience for him, you know, changing somebody's life like that. Did you ever feel like, you know, introducing this character, especially for a first time actress, because I believe she's a first timer? Um, did that did that add an extra level of of specialness to the whole situation? It was special because we collectively are and and she is making you know she's we call her a real life hero that the stuff that Alakwa has had to uh, overcome in her life she's she has a prosthetic leg she is a non-hearing person um she's a a, a a superhero to the native american community um and and so that was very special for us all and the grace and elegance with which she handled every step of the process. There was, you know, she knew it was a big task ahead of her, but but she comes and that there's a presence to her, not not she was necessarily born to do this, but she doesn't get phased by um, the big stuff that's happening around her. She's just there to inhabit this character and do that job. Um, so that was that was a privilege for us to be part of her journey into becoming Maya. And now that it, it came out well, and we can talk about this, uh, was there any concern at the beginning? Like, oh boy, this is our first big Marvel project. We're coming in halfway in a series, and we got a first-time actress that has to lead our first episode. You know, we've we've worked with a lot of first-timers before, and a lot of non-actors. I think they always say you, you spend your whole life your whole life training to do something like this and we've done a lot of it so you always just tap into the, the humanity of something and you know when she we gave her permission to ask questions and and not not talk about what she's feeling and, and things that she felt over you know were a bit more challenging for her she she could always talk about it and I think as long as you have that that conversation and you you have the the non-fear environment like we never wanted her to feel afraid that she felt out of a depth or or you know didn't know how to do something we just worked worked with her on and, and set her up in a way that she could succeed yeah and and you guys mentioned this earlier but this is uh an episode that once you get past that flashback it's like you jump right into the action that's teased from the previous episode and and maybe i missed it in troop zero but i don't think there were many oneers with arrow fights and all that so um what was that like too was that a bit of a trial by fire jumping into action right away like that yeah i mean it's it, we love action i i come from a video game background I play, um i worked for playstation many years ago so it was a little bit of a return to that but our whole vibe is that we wanted to do as much practically as possible but there is we always say there's kind of like there's 14 year old kind of geeks within us still so standing there on the first day of set on the first day of the action sequence on a kind of a blue screen manhattan bridge and people being like oh my gosh this was kind of like at the end of the first avengers movie where they were they were, they were kind of all on the bridge together um 
and we're like, oh no, this is this is where we feel really at home and this is where we want to live. And just moving from that kind of space, but then into the really intimate moments is, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful tonal shift. And I think we've always been interested in kind of just riding unexpected tones and, and, and finding ways of knitting them together. And I have to assume that having Jeremy Renner, who's uh, a veteran of all of this, really helped uh, kind of ease you guys into it. He's great. I mean, he knows action. Um, yes, he knows his character, but he also, you know, is incredibly skilled. And he was a great support to Haley, who, you know, as the stunt team said, she's incredible. Like she's she's got training, and so she really stepped into it. So I think I think there was there was a lot of respect there, and and it's also just worth saying, you know, the Marvel team are incredible because they never once questioned that we hadn't done fighting they just wanted to know what we wanted to do and there's a freedom in that there's a freedom in not having done a whole lot of stuff so when you say well let's put a camera in the car with them so we get their conversation but we keep the audience in you know in the car chase so let's rotate the camera they went okay you know at no point did they kind of go wow you can't do that or oh don't don't really know how we're going to do that they were just like let's figure that out um and and so that's it that's it's one thing that we will we'll definitely take away from working at Marvel is like there isn't fear it's not a fear-based culture it's about supporting and, and making things better that's great and so the the car chase has the introduction of something that like comic book fans like me really enjoy are trick arrows uh were there any trick arrows that you wanted to include that didn't make the cut we have um we we put some new ones in to the you know, Kevin was great. He kind of came and goes, here's some trick arrows in the script. If you want to come up with some more, we are all ears, you know? And so we did invent a couple of arrows and then there was, you know, schedule, you know, the schedule was tight for what we were trying to do. And there was a point at which we were going to leave the acid arrow out, you know, with the, the drop the spot and, um, there was another one maybe the usb arrow was going to end up on the, the cutting room floor and we we kind of went into a big meeting and we decided you know what by shifting this and that and the other we can keep all of them in and and i'm happy to tell you that all of the arrows we planned for are in the cut i have to assume the 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 pim arrow was always in the script that would be too much of a last minute addition yeah yeah that was huge in so many ways literally um, yeah yeah no, that, that was fun. It was fun. It was fun to have the practical arrows and then to have the one that, you know, really kind of nods to the greater universe. So we liked kind of what that brought. Yeah. And, and you mentioned this also, the, the, the more quiet moments, because you do, you start with the flashback with Echo and her dad and you go to this, this long uh, car chase and action scene. Um, and then it goes back to kind of a quieter moment, a couple quieter moments between Kate Bishop and, and, and Clint. Um, I'm thinking particularly the one on the subway where they're kind of having a jumbled conversation with each other. Um, and it's, it's very sweet. Uh, what do you think about them? Uh, those characters, they should say, uh, presents kind of a, a unique take on the like superhero sidekick thing that we've seen time and again. They're human. I mean, that, that's what's so unique about these two characters is they're, they're human beings. They're just highly skilled human beings. You know, they're, they're mortal. And I, and I think that was something that we kept close to the tone throughout. Um, and every time that we, we were reading the scripts and there was a scene in there where they could just sit down and, and be their characters and, and kind of really viable for each other, 
to to the point that some scenes we ended up not cutting and just just keeping the the camera rolling and they would just they would just find nuance within the scene and I think they enjoyed it as much as we did to to kind of every now and then just sit down and and kind of have a little go at each other and build that relationship so um so yeah the the, the humanity in this and, and the humanness of it is is what is so special about it and also the uniqueness of having the female the young female be the funny guy and the <laughs> old grumpy straight guy that was this sibling kind of younger sister older brother kind of um relationship that i think is really fresh not only to the marvel universe but out there in culture today so that 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 kind of relationship was so um unique and they played it so well yeah and and another scene that's that's really touching i believe is the uh the scene where um clint's talking to his son um and he doesn't have his his hearing aid so he has to like speak through uh Haley steinfeld and, and as fast as she can write um was that just kind of written as is and you guys just did it because it felt like something that could just you know feature lots of improv and just kind of you know, figure it out on the day. It was just very sweet. Jeremy loves to improvise. It, it was pretty much as scripted. And, and we said at the beginning, do you want to hear a Nathaniel voice? And he goes, no, because I'm not hearing his voice. So I want to, I want to be able to experience it. And so therefore he was kind of imagining different things that his, you know, that, that might have been being said and, and responding kind of genuinely and on the spot. So that was a very touching scene. And I think we always felt it was one of the first scenes. It was very early, shot very early. And it was one of the ones that I'll always remember really did strike the, the caring dynamic between them, that there was something below, there was something beneath the bickering that was going to kind of form into this real um, strong, strong partnership we've covered you know the the action we've covered the the sweet stuff the introduction of echo there's a lot going on and i want to say the runtime i think is like 45 minutes it's it's not long um what was that like in in you know pacing and editing and and trying to make sure you hit all these moments was there ever you know this worry that you're spinning too many plates at once and something might fall no i, I think we we always try and create the space we, we make sure that even in, in something that is so action-packed, you have that space, you have that moment to breathe, whether it's sitting outside the um, in Chinatown waiting for the repair woman to arrive. If, if it's that moment or if it's in the diner, it, it's a breath. And, and I think the audience need that, especially after you've done an action-packed sequence. So it's finding that rhythm that runs throughout. But the, the moments of breath are incredibly important because... It gives them the chance to stop and be human and be normal and to build that relationship, to build the comedy between them. So it's something we try to protect as much as possible, um, even though you do end up cutting it down in the edit. Was there, is there like a Snyder cut, like a four hour episode in there? <laughs> the director's cut. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe three and a half hours. Okay. Yeah. That sounds fair. Um, Marvel just goes wildly over budget on these episodes. Uh, we uh, one thing I wanted to mention also about uh, Alakwa, um, being that she is uh, a deaf and and you know um, kind of embodies the the character like that. Did she bring anything to um, I guess the development of the character and and specifically the scenes? Because one thing I think you guys do pretty well in the flashback is when she can't see the mouth 
there is no subtitle. And I liked how that kind of, it was just bits and pieces. So uh, were things like that always scripted or, or did she bring anything or, or offer advice? Alokra is great with, with um, the emotional intensity that she brought to it and where, you know, I think there's things that naturally instinctive, instinctively she does that, that were great leads for us, like where she would look at someone when speaking to them and it wasn't always the lips or the face. It was kind of body language as well. So she often kind of spoke about how she, when she goes into an environment, she's clocking different things that we as just normal kind of mortal people don't pick up on, but she picks up on body languages, um, how people are looking at other people or not looking at other people. So there's definitely, she gave us a steer on, on, on who Maya would be as a character and what her skills of observation would, um, would compute that, that perhaps your lay person doesn't get. Yeah. So uh, now I'd like to, to try to get you guys to trip up a little bit. I'm kidding. We're going to talk about uncle. Um, I'm not going to ask you guys who uncle is. Um, everybody has theories, but I'm just, I just want to see if you guys can confirm that the uncle character is some character that will, you know, we'll get a better introduction to maybe in future episodes. I don't remember, mate. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I thought I'd try. Um, okay, one other thing. Again, without getting any contextual spoilers, um, you have two more episodes coming up, four and five. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, people have theories. But are there any scenes or uh, maybe one episode in particular where you guys are just super excited about the fan reaction um, and, and seeing how people react? <laughs> You don't have to tell me the scene, just, yeah. I remember. (laughs) Obviously, we're excited. Obviously, we're excited to kind of, as as the episodes go on, uh, to really satisfy the hunger for certain things that's out there. So maybe we will, maybe we won't. (laughs) Man, they trained you guys well. New to Marvel, but you guys are veterans, I tell you. Okay. Um, <laughs> one more thing before I let you guys go. I, I do want to give you the opportunity to talk about something non-Marvel. Um, I believe you guys have a, uh, a film, at least that we read, was, was in the works uh, with Kate Blanchett's production company. And I wanted to see if you guys are still working on that and, and where we're at, at that, on that. We are working on that with an incredible team. It's a wonderful script. It's a, a real human story with an odd tone. Again, we love to do those odd tones of humanity and slightly absurd comedy. Um, and we're out to some exciting cast, which hopefully we'll be able to tell you about in the new year. That's awesome. Uh, is there is there anything else that we should keep an eye out? Anything on the TV side? Because again, you guys have directed episodes of Kidding, The Great, stuff like that, and obviously Hawkeye. But uh, Anything else? Yeah. We've got um, a show called Our Flag Means Death coming out. A little show by, like uh, that? Isn't that a Taika Waititi? Tiny it is Taika Waititi. Okay. So keeping it in the Marvel Universe, you know. Yeah. Um, yes, yes. Uh, that is coming out in the first quarter of next year, and we think people are going to love it as much as they love the great it's it's in that kind of absurd world so it's it's going back to do the, doing the thing that we love but also this time with action there's a lot of action in it so um great fun i gotta ask you because when i read the 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 synopsis i guess is all we really know about that it sounds batshit crazy um is that exactly what it is are we in for something like that it's oh yeah crazy. it's again it's just a cr- 
a wonderful tone and an extraordinary world that is almost, you know, you couldn't make up that story. And in fact, it wasn't, it's a true story, but the way in which David Jenkins and the team have put it together, is just a brilliant ride from start to finish. Again, it's, it's funny, but it's also got a lot of heart and an incredible cast, incredible cast. Yeah. 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 It seems like it's going to be a blast. That's definitely one of my most anticipated for next year. So I'm excited for it. Um, and, and lastly, you guys are, since you guys are kind of bouncing back and forth between TV and film, um, and, and those worlds are kind of melding, do you see uh, a big difference between them anymore? Or is it very similar in how they're created now? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, the scale um, of TV now, I think, is exciting and quite unbelievable. And to be dabbling in both and telling you know, those different kinds of stories, because in TV you have so much longer to live with characters. I mean, it's such an exciting time to be a director and to be a storyteller. It, it's, it's pretty great. As a viewer, the only bad part is, is there's too much stuff out there, right? Like, how do you watch all this stuff? I, I, I get paid to, go I, I still don't have time. Never, yeah, never go out. But then you got to go watch movies. Uh, yeah. it's, 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 I so know, sorry. first world problems, first world yeah. problems. Um, but yeah, I want to want to thank you guys for for joining me and talking about Hawkeye. Really looking forward to seeing Uncle and everybody else in episodes four and five. Um, and don't know, yeah. don't know, no I don't idea. know. Yes, don't, don't know. know. Of course, yes. Nice uh, try though. Nice try, Charles. <laughs> and then and then uh, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield are showing up too, right? As Spider Man, that's that's happening. Oh, you know. <laughs> All right, but yeah, thank you guys so much. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Charles.